friends, and welcome to Pod Return to the Waking Sands. This is a Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast where we explore the lore and story of Heidelin and beyond. And I am Jen, I'm joined by my co-host and researcher. I'm Levi. Hi, Levi. Today we are talking about the Arcanist class. Woo! Fair warning. I haven't talked to Jen yet about this because we're trying not to spoil our content in advance, but I think we're both a bit sour on this class quest. Wow. So it might be a bit negative up in here today. <laughs> <laughs> not not so much sour, but it just didn't it didn't hit me. It fell it it falls flat for me. It's not like the most interesting class quest. So, it'll probably just be a uh, one of the one of the quicker episodes well, here. I got some some salt to throw. But first off, before we talk about the quest, let's talk about the class. So Arcanist is one of the level 1 classes in Final Fantasy XIV. It has also appeared as a class in Final Fantasy Tactics A2. Um, I've not chased down the side titles too much. I I stick to the main ones because I find the quality varies and they're also hard to track down and I don't have a million different systems. Man, your cred is really taking a hit here. Just, Just shut up. (laughs) shut up while you're ahead getting talked down to you by our marketing manager here (laughs) Uh, anyway the arcanist in 14 is very different though than the arcanist in tactics a2 from what i could gather Uh, they're also kind of a weird anomaly in 14 because the arcanist class joins into both the summoner and the scholar jobs later on which means that if you level up Summoner all the way to 90, you also have a level 90 Scholar, even if you've never equipped the Jobstone. That bothers me so much, because I have a level 90 Summoner, and I haven't touched Scholar, and I feel like it's really irresponsible of the of the devs to just hand over a, a job, like, fully formed. Um, here's your... you, you quali- Look look at that, you've pre-qualified for, for Scholar. I'm like, you, you don't trust me with this. I don't think anyone's going to have a good time jumping into a fully leveled class blind. Never, ever. I Some people might, okay? There's going to be weirdos. Um, yes, you're weirdos. For me, jumping into Dark Knight, which was admittedly my first tanking experience, just um, was a bit of a nightmare. I hated it. I, I, like, I loved the story. Don't get me wrong. So good. But it was t- way too overwhelming to, to jump into a job and have... 12 things that you can do. I don't know how the how, what the rotation's like. My rule is just take any job that is not a level one starting job and go to Palace of the Dead ASAP. That's a good idea. That is the idea. We can see that the devs have regretted this decision too because there's no other job that's like this. This is some 2.0 ARR anomaly that has this Arcanist going into two different jobs that are entirely different. And one's a DPS caster, one's a healer too. So they are wildly different in function and role. And they should just be two different classes into jobs completely. Yeah. And you even have a different tool. It's like, it, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense yep. anyway. So it's the weird baggage of our nine-year-old game. Things are, are much sure. more polished now. Whenever new stuff comes out, they have it nailed down pretty well. But yeah, there's some weird anomalies in here from the early days. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, anyway, we are just talking about Arcanist and not about the successors to this class today. So Arcanist has a gameplay that mainly uh, focuses on direct damage spells. 
It has had several different iterations in the past. It used to be more damage over time focused, but in its current arc incarnation, you are essentially just hitting your target directly over and over again. And this is done through a cycle where you will use an ability which changes names over time. It's it's like some magic hammer, the thing that charges the summons. Oh, that. Okay, so magic hammer is different because you're doing a lot of blue mage lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I know, I I know the um the icon. It looks like a hammer, but it's actually like an arm and a book. Sure, whatever. Against a rainbow background, but yes. Point being that you, you prime your carbuncle summon and then that enhances your your basic spell which is called ruin at the start and then after that kind of charge period is over where you keep casting these enhanced ruin spells then you can summon your elementally attuned carbuncles which unlock temporary more powerful abilities that are attuned to the element so you'll summon your ruby carbuncle and cast like fire yeah ruby is going to be fire themed and topaz is Stone or earth themed and green or wind. emerald, sorry, is yes. uh, yeah, wind, wind elemental. Um, it's a very intuitive class, frankly. It's touted by a lot of people as, as one of the easiest magic classes to play. And coming from Black Mage, it's, it's definitely easier than Black Mage. Um, but, you know, you do have to, there is a little bit of a rotation involved you can't just hit buttons willy-nilly. However, if you do hit buttons willy-nilly, you're you're still going to be doing pretty okay. Disagree, but... <laughs> <laughs> Once you get leveled up, and Arcanus really looks like Baby Summoner. Scholar is a whole different game here, but... Once you get leveled up fully, you will essentially do your pretty tight rotation with some ability to change it up, but it's not extremely flexible in terms of how you can adjust on the fly. Yep. Also, it's got a couple abilities that are weird remnants of this kind of healer DPS hybrid baby class. You have raise, so even your damage dealing summoner can raise someone from the dead or being knocked out, KO'd, whatever. Point being, someone has zero health, you can get them back on their feet during combat, which is important. Only the red mage also has the ability to raise people unless they're a healer. It's a really nice tool to have. And there's also Physic, which is the healing spell. Oh, it's totally useless. Well, Physic is a decent heal when you're an Arcanist. The problem being that you keep it on your bar when you become a summoner, but it does not upgrade with you. No, because you're not... I mean, those aren't stats you're, you know, pumping, uh, like, materia into. No, or gear. So your your Physic spell is going to be this little, like... 2% 2% heal or whatever it, at level it, 90. It, right. Because you're not, you're, you're not, uh, you know, leveling mind, which is going to be what relates to your healing potency. Yes. So it's just, it's there for show. It's, it's completely dumb. It's, it's there as like a tailbone. It's a good analogy. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So just take it off your bar. If you're a summoner, take physics off yeah, your don't, bar. Don't be tempted to use it. It's useless. You're better off killing uh, stuff before you're not it a, hurts yeah, you. You're DPS. You're not a healer. Don't pretend you're a healer. Well, do raise, but don't physic. Raising is great. Don't physic. Um, and then it'll probably step on your healer's toes, and nobody wants that. I make a macro for my healing classes or my DPS raising classes that says raising X person now. So they know that this person is being handled if they're checking their party chat. Right. And I, I'll never... If we got one KO, two KOs with a couple of healers, I'm not... I'm not joining the uh, the res train until it becomes a real problem. Oh, I do, actually. The The res takes a good 
eight seconds maybe to cast if you just hard cast it. But if you use the the swift cast ability on a one minute cooldown, that can make your resurrection instantaneous. Right. Well, that's I'm I'm only resing really if I have swift cast available. Otherwise, it's going to be a dire situation where I'm having having a hard cast raise. Oh, sure. If you're a summoner and hard casting raise, presumably your healers are down already. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> in a trial or something, if I see people are down, I will usually help out because I can just hit swift cast. I can raise someone. And um, hopefully the healer has a macro too, telling you who they're raising so you don't step on each other's toes. Those are helpful. Just don't get weird with it. Oh, somebody got knocked down. I'm going to raise John Smith or whatever. <laughs> yeah, people it's will really make distracting. these obnoxious custom macros that have like a paragraph of text. And it takes up four lines in my chat window, which is already very small. Yeah, just say you're raising the person, just knock make off the cute stuff. Just, it's, you know, it's a simple communication. Yes. Anyway, that's, that's our PSA um, off of our soapbox. Let's get into Arcanist, shall we? Arcanists are the nerds of Final Fantasy XIV. Hella. Their power comes from books. <laughs> Specifically, they will channel Aether in the shape of the geometric patterns in their tomes, which weaves that Aether into a specific effect. This practice was born from the observation of natural phenomena. The first Arcanists found a way to express these occurrences in mathematical terms, and so they can recreate these effects at will. Mm-hmm. And yep. then they, they write these shapes down there in their books, and then you visualize the shape in your mind that channels either in these directions, and bam, you've got a carbuncle or a fire or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah, it's mathematical range to DPS. Exactly. Mathematical! Thank you, Jen. Mm-hmm. Algebraic! And so the weapon for the arcanist and the summoner and the scholar are books. Grimoires. Grimoires, they're books, Jen. Those hefty tomes. Thank you. Honestly, I have hard times finding weapon appearances I like for these. I feel like a lot of them try to be a bit extra, which I think just looks ugly, in my opinion. It, I, they have to go extra because the visual impact of the book is not very big. You know, it's not like an enormous stave or an enormous sword. That's one school of thought. But you have the books that when you open them up, they have like extra panels that flip out and give you like extra book pages so you have like this weird like four page book in front of you i just want like a cool looking tome i don't want some sort of ipad (laughs) from the past in front of me a giant trapper keeper that is unfolding yeah give me some lisa frank Frank? yeah pop me out some unicorns and shit you know what there's a fucking audience for that and i would love that as a glamour that said i i have i think maybe three or four grimoires um in my glam dresser that are like that's that's all i need everything else just it's really they're very plain it's fine anyway arcanima was created by the inhabitants of the south sea isles these people later made contact with limsa lamensa directly and the limpsons were impressed by their learnedness some real first world shit going on because <clears throat> these, these are pirates so usually they will pillage anyone but if you're scholars, you make the cut to be one of them. And that's what happened. The newcomers were welcomed in, and they were actually adopted into the government of Limsa. So around 500 years ago, the then-admiral Milvan and his Arcanist advisor Ikuku, they took advantage of the Arcanist's mathematical knowledge to leverage them into a position as tax collectors. Tax collectors? Yes. 
Did you miss the memo from the entire quest? Um, I didn't get tax collector, more just like um, customs enforcement. They're assessors. So they are there to assess the charges. Fees. Yes, okay. exactly. This quest is just getting worse and worse. Oh, cool. It's a quest line about fucking tax collectors. It is. They Great. are battle tax collectors. Super cool. Admiral Melvon and Ikuku, they created Melvon's Gate which is the entry point for all new arrivals from the sea. So Arcanists will levy charges against any incoming cargo and passengers. Do we think utilizing Arcanists for this is the, is the best use of their skill set? Just because they're bookish? Do you think this kind of, this is maybe, maybe they could be used um, in a little bit more of a military? I don't know. Like, look at these guys. They can um, uh, control ether in such a way that they can cast very powerful spells. And, but hey, you know what? Uh, since they're mathing the ether up, let's go ahead and have them math up goods. Well, Jen, Limsa has no public school system. No Shocking. one else is learning math besides these people. Then there is your answer. The military can't function without that money, Jen. <laughs> this is getting too real. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, so, yes, the, these people, the Arcanist Guild, because. Our, our good future friend, Admiral Merylvib, she takes this informal kind of mentor-student practice of Arcanema and makes it an official guild during her tenure as Admiral. Yeah. So she can ensure that there are more Arcanists and more tax collectors going forward. Well, it's, it's uh, advertised to us during the quest that it's, uh, she's, she, she fears the loss of the art. Which side of the art? We don't know. But anyway, um, tax collectors they are. Though, though, when we first joined the guild, it's when it is made clear that um, you you have to be very sharp intellectually to handle managing your 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 tools on the battlefield, and it's it's always about the battlefield or in a conflict of some kind, and it's n- not until you meet your your person in the quest do you realize oh no 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 this is they're being used as as customs agents. Yep. Like okay. You, know, um, you you gotta impress the the young people at the door. You don't want to go like, "Welcome to the tax collecting guild." Right. Prepare to get some assessment on. You've got to you've got a fat ass book. You need to sell them Enjoy. with the action, and then they don't realize the reality until after they're already hooked. Anyway, carbuncles are an entity of pure aether that arcanists and summoners can call forth. It looks like a little rabbit with a big long body and a long wispy tail. Three tails. It's composed of pure energy, so it's glowing. The default one is a blue, but you can have like a topaz or ruby or um, emerald colored carbuncle. Fun. Yes. This is an animate construct of aether that is ambulatory. So it will follow you around and it functions in today's Arcanist class as like a catalyst for your spells. Any quest dialogue or mechanics that we see here are hella outdated. Because the Carbuncle used to be a creature that you summoned, the Summoner and the Arcanist used to be a pet class in the MMO parlance, which means that you would be yourself, and you'd have like a minion that had their own abilities that you command, but it was like a separate thing you could, you know, tell to attack or to cast spells or whatever. Today, though, everything is concentrated through your HUD directly. So you don't control the creature, it follows you around, and it'll do cool flips sometimes when you cast certain abilities, 
But mechanically speaking, you do the stuff directly. Right. The carbuncle has no health bar. It can't be targeted. It's just a cheerleader in terms of mechanics. And, and possibly visually distracting. You also need it to cast some abilities too. So you've got to summon it. And if you go down, you have to resummon that thing ASAP. Yeah. there's There were times when I was leveling summoner and when I died and was raised, I would forget that I had to recast my carbuncle. I'm like, why can't I do all these things? Like, oh, right, I have to have my carbuncle out to access half of my skill set. Whatever. So that's enough preamble. Let's get to questing. We have to head to the Arcanist Guild in Limsa Lamensa to pick up the class. It's right by Mailvan's Gate, which is appropriate because that is where the ships come in and you assess those fees. Mm-hmm. The guild is led by a guildmaster but he is away more often than not. So the effective leadership comes from a lady Rogaden named Mistress... Uh, Tubergeim. Tubergeim? Tubergeim. Thank you, Jen. Mistress Tubergeim is a committed teacher, and she should really be the real guildmaster. I don't know why the other guy is still in charge, technically speaking, because he's worthless. Let's just call it here. He's he, he's eccentric. He, he doesn't do anything for the guild, though. Like No, I, no, no. He... He's certainly not assessing taxes. He's also not there, Fighting period. or teaching or, yeah. The, the mistress, Tubergeim, though, she is a committed teacher, and she also mentors children in her off hours. Aw. Yes. I can see that about her. She's very nice. She is very nice. I love her. I think she's, she's, I don't know if I should say this, but I think she's one of, like, the, she's, like, traditionally pretty. She's had these like these brown wavy locks, like more so than like uh, some of the other fem, uh, female rogadens that have more like aggressive, uh, sharp looks. But she's got this, you know, like kind of wavy brown hair and rosy cheeks, and she's, um, oh, she looks, she's very like soft and pretty. She gives us a lecture on the philosophies of Arcanema, because the discipline is so cerebral. We are expected to apply it, its analytical practices to the battlefield itself. If we can calmly assess the situation, we can use the spells to assure the best outcome. Which sounds convincing, but in practice, we don't have that flexibility. No. It is not a toolbox. It's a hammer. That it's a hammer be... that's on fire sometimes or right. is windy sometimes. That should be the tagline for Black Mage, honestly. Having to consistently reassess and rethink and adjust your strategy to pull the best thing out of a situation. I absolutely agree with you. And that's my problem with this quest, really, because it's sold one way and the experience is totally different. Yep. Um, so when you're asked to join the guild, they ask you, are you intimidated by the thought of excessive thinking? Oh, oh, oh maybe. Are you prepared to reason? Jen? Are you prepared to reason? I am prepared. Uh, we are prepared. So let's go. We're so gonna... let's go kill some animals. Cut. First of <laughs> fucking many. Right? Okay. So kill stuff. we go kill animals and we come back. And then we get our carbuncle summon. Back in the day, this is the same quest, of course, as the older version of Arcanist, which it was a pet that did stuff. So we do that. Then we go and kill more animals to practice our carbuncle. So Arcanist is the animal hater. Of all the quests, they have the highest animal body count this is true at least in in the uh yeah the early part of the quest kill more stuff uh then we do oh we do do a, a customs role play we do a customs officer role play it's not for real uh we got practice boxes so these crates these are suspect crates that might have vermin inside them so the guild has had them hauled out outside the city into lanosia 
for us to go inspect. So exciting. So we do. We inspect the crates. Out pop the rats. We blast them. They're slugs. No problem. Really? I got. I swear they're rats. No, they're tree slugs. Isn't that later? You get slugs? No, this is the practice customs assessing. Maybe there were rats running around in general. That's totally possible. There, I, I don't fucking know. It's, it it's goddamn it animals. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then we have to collect the remains of the crates that have not been eaten by vermin. Mm. And now we actually get some story. We have a, a Makote with her head buried in a book who is snooping on us. And uh, we're looking at her like, oh, hello. What? <laughs> who the fuck are you? And she just kind of puts her finger up like, edit. As she finishes, finishes reading whatever it is And she's let's reading. be clear, for the first... 60% of the cutscene, we see only the book in front of her face. Yes. We don't see her face. No. So as soon as she's done, she closes her book and she just immediately starts mathing shit up, talking about stratagems. All right. I'm going to get this out here. This lady here, this is Clea. She's, of course, an assessor for the guild. And so she assesses taxes. She is a, a battle tax lady. She's a tactician. Tactician. Perfect. Damn. <laughs> anyway, though. Uh, this is, is a pink-haired Mikote with glasses. And her whole shtick is that she has to run the numbers on literally everything, including stuff that has no business with math. <laughs> she starts to run the numbers on everything to come in the future. Somehow her, her book, which is supposed to be full of these geometric shapes, also contains all theory of life because she consults her damn book to figure out every damn thing that's going to happen no matter what. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. You're not immediately like sympathetic towards her. This trope of like the super smart person that can calculate literally anything that's going to happen, including human reactions and like abstract phenomena and so on, is just obnoxious. It's obnoxious. It, yeah. It's We're not talking about let's tell the weather. Or talking like this chain of, of human reactions and putting numbers to threat levels of people and, and nonsense and like power levels. It's just like everything is turned into math by this person. And I hate it. I hate her deal. And I hate that this is the theme of the quest for the next 20 levels. <laughs> the, the, the whole rest of the fucking quest. Yes. She shows up and says that we react within normal parameters, but our combat performance has exceeded um, her expectations. Okay. However, she's seen us kill these vermin now, so she calculates that we will fail on a threat level of 9,785. Oh no, guys. We suck. After this line, this first bit, I'm already sick of her. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, she also throws out in this first interaction um, just uh, her general fascination with the guildmaster, who we we don't know who he is. We don't even know his name. Apparently, he's the one who gave her her grimoire, and she will say this line that he told her, strategy is a tool used to manipulate one situation into the desired reality. Okay. Literally, there's no strategy involved with what we're doing. Um, because you've given us a button and you've given us a carbuncle, there's no strategy. Actually, it. Okay, we're gonna move, we're gonna we'll get there. We're gonna move on. Um, so that's the level five quest. That's done. Right. And unfortunately, she tells us that she has been selected to oversee our training. Great. So just kill me now with a level ten thousand attack <laughs> and get it over with, please. Nine thousand seven hundred and fifty. Whatever. Last job I have here at the sequence before we move on with our lives is that. Um, she asks us what influences our decisions in battle. 
And mm-hmm. like Jen said, we have two damn buttons at this point. And all the options are like, you know, I do what feels right or whatever is the most fun. We can press one damn button to do damage. Yeah. We have a higher probability of becoming a real arcanist. The only yeah, other no person shit. responded like we did to that question about what drives our decisions is the guild, <gasps> the guild master, master himself. himself. You're saying we're special in some way? Shut up. We go back to the guild and we have another errand to go back and kill more goddamn animals. Uh, also, before we're asked to kill more stuff, uh, Tubergeim asks us, are you getting enough sleep? And I think in the level five, she also is asking us, are you eating? I want to make sure that you're eating. Why? Because she's a maternal figure, of course. Yes, but still. So we're going to go kill more stuff. I think rats this time or the, the mandragoras. It doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, matter. It's all animals that have no threat to you. It's just a chore. And more teleport expenses. Of course. Because we, after we kill stuff, we have to go back to get the second phase of the quest, which is doing a, an actual thing, right. a, a tax assessor thing. So we're going to go and meet Clea at the lower portion in the guild's tower. This is a training ring with a bunch of arcanists in this, this big like stone ring, and they all have their carbuncles hanging out. This space matters none at all. Um, I mean, it, it's cool to see. It is. It's cool to see. I agree. I wish it was utilized more. I agree. Okay. Nice. That's basically it. All right. Um, so now we have to go examine stuff. We have to go and track down some smuggling goblins. There is a 60% chance that our inspection will result in violence. Ooh, I don't like those numbers. Uh, but don't worry. We can execute combat pattern 1345. Which is find a target and then kill them. And, and then when that target's over, find a new target and do the same thing. But we do learn that Clea is better at strategy than implementing it in the field. She lacks the reflexes that we have, of course. So we go and meet the goblins in Lanosia. They're like, oh, you sneaky peekers. And then obviously they react with violence. So we have a little skirmish with the gobbies. And when that's done, when we've got a, a trio of gobbies, you know, handcuffed on the ground or whatever. Clea gives us another another shakedown. Like, uh, so when you're in battle, what do you think is the most important thing to focus on? You focus on your strengths or shoring up your weaknesses? Either response apparently lines up with the guildmasters. And we increase our chance of reaching greatness by 7%. That's a huge increase. Man, seven whole points. And uh, so cool, cool. We learned that. We once again travel back to the guild. And um, Tubergeim kind of debriefs us a bit. And she's like, yes, no, yeah, the most important thing is to know thyself. And really, you don't get an idea of what, quote unquote, thyself is until you've been in battle quite a bit. Anyway, the next task here is to help Clea bust a smuggling vessel. This is a full-on shift now. And for this, we learn the Topaz Carbuncle Summon. The Topaz Carbuncle used to be the defensive summon of the bunch. So it had the lowest damage of the summons, but it had a shield that it would give to you to, um, to help essentially make you more durable. So when you had the option to have different summons or different toolboxes, this would be the one that you tank up with. Now, though, we have two different summons at this point in time. We have the ruby and topaz. The ruby executes like a a fireball when you summon the ruby carbuncle. It attunes your gem shine ability with fire, so you can do two long high damage casts. And then the topaz does an earth attack when you summon it, and it attunes your gem shine 
so that you can do four fast instant casting earth attacks. Like, So level 15, just want to uh, say, when you get the quest from Tubergeim, she once again asks you if you're getting enough sleep. Right, so now we have to actually go, so we, we head to Aleport, and the assumption here is we're going to get accosted before we even get on the ship. Well, this time we are joined by two mercenaries. They are Geisfrin and Erstota. Erstota is a marauder and Geisfrin is a conjurer, so a healer. Mm-hmm. To be honest, Erstota is not a very good tank, so you'll have to keep the healer safe. She cannot hold down aggro in these fights very well. Yeah. So you can lose these upcoming fights if you don't keep the healer safe because enemies will get past her and they will attack Geisfrin. But apparently these are um, Kalia's standard colleagues for these types of assessments. Uh, we talked to the uh, the steersman and we're like, hey, we're here to assess the stuff. And he's like, oh, um, shit. And then a couple of guys show up. We dispatch them pretty quickly. Um, and then we move on. Um, steersman runs away. And now we can get on the little uh, little dinghy to head out to the Morningstar, which is our quarry. This is a large sailing vessel. Yeah. So this is a big operation. And the assumption here is that they will attempt to uh, stall us so that they can either hide the uh, the black market goods or throw them overboard. So that's the expectation that Kalia sets for us. And that's that's what happens. We arrive on the Morningstar. There's, a, I guess, like probably like the first mate, something like that, who quote unquote greets us. And oh, the the door to the hold is, oh man, those those hinges have rusted right up. We're not going to be able to open that door. You'll have to come back later. And she's like, no, it is our right to inspect the goods immediately with her, her little finger point. I, I really wanted to like her. I think she's really cute. I mean, she's got some shit going on, we find out, but... She, she doesn't she doesn't have any bedside manner, I guess, in these situations. You know, I think a little charisma would go a long way in greasing the wheels of these assessments. This is going to be a fight no matter what, because right, these yeah. guys are smuggling and they're, they're not going to yeah, give up their ill-gotten goods. The pirates are. So we have a skirmish again. Uh, however, this time when the skirmish is over. Uh, so we have a big fight on the decks of the ship and we're dealing with multiple waves of guys who come up from below decks that the warrior doesn't do much honestly. So we are keeping the healer safe and blasting guys and we have no area of effect attack yet. So you got to single target them down. I, what's the, what's the stratagem that she call, is like hammer, hammer, hammer head, I don't hammer fall fucking know. or something it's, like that. I assume it all means cast ruin a bunch because that's the that's, option. That's you it. Got. It's the same strategy that we had to employ, you know, stratagem 1315 or whatever it was. Pick a guy, kill him, and then pick a new guy and kill him. Repeat. Anyway. Pick a guy attacking the healer, kill him. That's the difference. Okay. That, that's why it's 1329 instead. Yeah, it, it took them 1,329 times to figure out this is the way we deal with fighting guys. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> Ugh, this quest, Jen. So after we deal with the deck scrubs, then she tries to go below decks. And as she's opening the door, it gets kicked open from the far side. And out comes a red-haired and red-bearded Rogadian pirate with an eye patch. This is Doze Mega, who is a pirate, obviously, who uh, Clea has run into in the past. And as soon as she sees him, she freaks the fuck out and like loses all of her composure and falls over and begins scrambling backwards. And he picks up her book and throws it overboard. It bounces off the... 
um, the railing on the ship into yeah. the ocean with a splooch. Despite my saltiness with this overall quest, this cut seems very good. Mm-hmm. It, it sells her emotions super well. You, yeah. you can feel her anxiety and her confusion here. You know, Pure even like her terror. eyes like twitching constantly. It is really sold yeah. super well. This yeah. is probably like, the best sequence in the entire quest line. Like is this finally, bit we, here. we have something to sink our teeth into. Yes. Um, and we have an ability to feel something towards Clea other than like kind of mild eye rolliness. So that's great. No, she's resentful she's, annoyance. She right. Yeah. I mean, she's not like she's not an asshole, but there's nothing sympathetic about her up until this point. There's nothing um, tolerable about her until this wow, point. We're, we're spicy over this. <laughs> um, so she's clearly traumatized and terrified, and she's she's so overwhelmed by this fear that she faints. Now we have to scramble ship. We we can't stay on the boat any longer or the ship. Sorry, we grab her and we we bail. Yep, and we report our failure back to Tubergheim. She gives us some context for these events. Apparently, this pirate is an exiled captain that has decided to return against the admiral's wishes. He was involved in some slave trading, and after picking up some more pieces, we can infer that he held Clea captive in the past. The mysterious guildmaster was part of the bus that saved her, and he gave her her grimoire, which is the one that still got tossed overboard just now. He gave her this grimoire. Um, as a gesture to calm her, and uh, this kicked her off on her career as an arcanist. I'm sure he assessed like a 95% chance this would shake no, her out of her stupor. I was going to say, like, he, he probably saw promise in her and did, did some math, and it was like, nah, she's worthy of the grimoire. Here yes. Because yeah, he will not be made a fool of. He is He's accounted for all the things. So some time passes, and we get word that Clea has gone dark. So we're asked to go track her down. We ask around for a bit and find out from the Yellow Jackets which are the police, as a reminder, that she had questioned them about the investigation into Doze Mega. They gave her the details of the investigation. Probably not the best call, but whatever. This, yeah, this is really weird. So this was, this was the, the level 20 quest now. Um, we had to go find Clea. And the, the information that we're given, we go speak to a little uh, Lollafell in Hawker's Alley. And he's like, some, some yellow jackets came by and took her away. Like, the fuck is that about? Okay, no, they just wanted to question her. Um, and re- reopen those wounds, relive that trauma. We report back to Tubergheim, and she deduces that Clea has gone off looking for her grimoire. And word is some Kikern merchants have been collecting the jettison cargo from the pirate ship. Her grimoire may be amongst the salvage. So we track down Clea in Aleport, and she's on the trail of her book. She accepts our help, and we're going to keep on tracking down this salvager. So we end up going to ambush him in Lower Lanosia while they're crossing a bridge. The legality and morality of this action are suspect, as the Yellow Jackets can't help us. This guy is an honest merchant. They'll do us a solid. The police they'll helping turn out a blind the, eye. We're doing crimes here, essentially. We're ambushing like a legitimate business person. This is a personal matter, yeah. But it's, it's a kickern, so who cares? A kickern with uh, a cadre of your... You didn't call me on a gin. I was hoping you would bring up, I guess, the fucked upness of this second class or third class citizen. We should be buying this book from him, honestly. He found it in the sea. It's his by right. But, you know, we instead, we have to go and ambush him and kill. He's got like 20 guards with him. He's got to be rich or something. And we ambush him on the bridge. We fight off three waves of guards. We got the the fight guys. And then in the second wave, there are healers. And in the third wave, there are thaumaturges. And then he gives up at the, the very last minute, all of his guards dead by our hand. And we steal the book from him. 
We could, it, it's the thing, we'll find out it's worthless. The book is ruined by the salt water. Yeah. We could give him like 10 gil for it and he'd give it to us, but we got to ambush him because who the fuck knows? Because. Because like we could just ask him and tell him the, the little backstory and the assumption is that he would have, I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah. It's super weird. I, I don't like the parts. It happens most often early in the game, but I don't like the parts where it forces us to go along with terrible plans or fucked up decisions because war crimes yeah yeah and so yeah the book is ruined nothing to do that's the end of that level 25 after more time passes we've gone to level up elsewhere clea is now sullen and withdrawn about her lost tome but there's one person who can possibly help the actual guildmaster creed tia anyway we can tell from the name he's obviously another mikote and his last known location is at Mimaroon's trading post in Upper Lanosia. So we head there. And we have to do some absolute fucking BS at this point. <laughs> I'm so mad about this. Oh my god, I thought it would improve. I don't know why I thought that. We Now we have to find... Okay, so now we're just pawns in this guildmaster's little scheme because he's bored apparently pretty much that's it he makes us run in a big circle for no fucking reason despite being totally aware that his protege is beside herself with the oh, loss I, of i his got ch- words about that in just a minute oh Jen. my god okay so, so let's just sum it up just, this he's is, doing this puppet master bullshit and making us dance around just hitting the low points here uh we find a lalafell named tanga tanga there's a message with tanga tanga for any would-be seekers reunited Three slips of parchment hold the problem to the solution. I don't like this. After seeing that, already it seems like some some BS, but is it gets worse. You get, find the three slips of parchment to put the puzzle together so that you know what the problem is to the solution. Whoa, expectation subverted, man. Like, that's crazy. You must be super smart. So we have to search the bones of Thaleos for these papers. Great. Thaleos is reputed to be one of two twin sea serpents that were unleashed by Lemlane to fill the empty seas back in the days before time. All we know, though, is that there are these massive snake-like bones that are buried in this earthen, half-buried. Yeah, no, it looks super cool. I love Oakwood, actually. I think it's it's a very small area, but it's beautiful. I also have to say that the daytime music is also really beautiful. I love the Lanosia music. It's super good in general. Yeah. So I, I didn't mind too much having to dig around in this in this area. I did because I, I was <laughs> sure there's more BS. I'd forgotten the details after my first playthrough here, but Same. I was sure there's more BS to come. And oh, I was right. So insulting. You, you find the three clicky things amongst these bones. Fine. And then we go back. And now Tanga Tonga says, oh, these papers, they're written in elegant script. Why? Fuck if I know. Uh, oh, that that pissed me off too. Like, of course, they're written in goddamn Sanskrit because this guy is an obnoxious, I'm out of words. He um, makes Jin speechlessly angry. <laughs> but fortunately, Tanga can read the script. Elegans, oh, oh, good. Okay. we have not met Elegans yet in this playthrough, but they are essentially are an ancient civilization that's high tech. Lots more on them later. Anyway... She translates the script. The papers read, seek the box at the Fool Falls. Dance a jig for your wooden audience and claim the secret from the opened heart. I wonder what these words mean. That seems so cryptic. Well, you got to go to the one waterfall nearby and there's like a box sitting in the water. If you dance for the box, it will open. So here you are in a puddle. And then slugs attack you for reasons. Yep. Boop, boop, boop. Done. All right. Then there's another riddle inside. (sighs) 
that is like five lines that say go dance in front of the guild the trading post master shout out though before we go forward to the actual newbie zoe faust who was doing this quest at the same time as i was (laughs) she she goes and does her dance and then these slugs pop up and then she aggroes a nearby curl too at the same time so she's got four things attacking her at once great she sleeps the crowd gets the paralysis worn off of her because the curls and the slugs both paralyze you heals up and they all wake up again she sleeps them again and she burns them down like a fucking pro well but done zoe no mount no no chocobo companion period she's wearing her hall the novice gear you know full on on first timer i i gave her a couple heals when she got low but i didn't want to steal her thunder so i just watched and gave her a cheer when she Aww, was done very nice anyway that was the best part of this quest <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, PCs. <laughs> uh, anyway, then we have to fucking dance in front of the trading postmaster. And then the guildmaster appears finally. Perched on a roof. Looking over us with a clapping. S- like, slow clapping. Yeah. Very amusing. <laughs> you solved my riddles. My riddle three. And he had calculated the probability of our arrival. I swear to God, if you say calculated the probability one more time. Well, we're going to get it one more time. He also says that we've been dancing to his tune. Of course. He has engineered these events to meet him face to face. Now, Jen, let's unpack this for a bit. He has engineered the events for us to meet him. Why are we here, Jen? <laughs> to meet him? Because Clea is fucked to shit over her past trauma. She's met her past oh, abuser. Oh, I've, I've so lost the plot at this point. Yeah. We're here because Clea is absolutely withdrawn. She's lost her security blanket book. And we are here because this might be the only way to shake her out of her stupor. So which one of these events, these terrible events that Clea has experienced, has the Guildmaster engineered so we can meet him here? <laughs> um. Okay, that's an interesting interpretation of this stuff that makes him evil beyond compare. I, I'm not trying to be fallacious here. The reason we're here is because of these. And he's like, I engineered your coming. I don't think he's actually done it. I'm just, it's a stupid fucking line. But if you think about it, he has traumatized her by the continuity of events so that we can come here and he can meet us and he can make us dance for him. Okay. I mean, obviously, my opinion of this man is not good. However, my interpretation was not that he decided to refresh her trauma just so that he had an excuse to talk to us? I don't actually think that's what the writers intended. I just, that's what follows. Well, right. Because because when he says, I've engineered your meeting me, there was n- there is no engineering there, dude. Like, you dropped uh, a word to somebody like, hey, I'm going to be hanging out in Oakwood if anybody needs me. And then we asked around, hey, have you seen the Guildmaster? Yeah, he's hanging out in Oakwood. So we go to Oakwood. Right. There is no engineering. What you engineered was... The quality of the introduction with the parchments and the riddles and the dancing. That's what you engineered. There, and if you consider yourself some some master tactician, go fuck yourself. Mr. I am very smart. He does. So go fuck yourself legitimately. And, this anyway, guy sucks. Yeah. So whatever. After all of this bullshit, after he's he's obviously fully aware that Clea is is having a horrible moment in her life. She needs a grimoire. It's like, oh, here. And this is this is why you're uh, you're here, right? It's for me to give you a book, and obviously, I'm gonna want you to give that to Clea. Like, well, obviously, and, we're giving it to Clea and dance for her. I will know. And he does the finger in the air. Like, well, we know where Clea learned that little maneuver. But Jen, don't worry. 
We are parting ways for now, but we are 100% likely to meet him again. False. Fucking liar. Fucking liar. We Thank never see him again. fucking goodness. Jackass. I don't know. Maybe that's coming out in patch 6.3. Oh, no. Critia comes back. <laughs> no. I'm like crud to you. Um, I did some informal internet polling of this quest line to make sure that I wasn't the crazy person and there's actually some good, but I could not find any positive reviews of this quest. So hopefully this is memory hold and we never see this shit again. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, or he's, you know, let go and, and, and Tuberheim can be the official good master. Yes, please. Um. Anyway, so we find Clea. She is forlorn. She's in Limsa We dance for her and she's like, the fuck are you doing? Oh, you met the Guildmaster. But she's happy yep. because there are two peas in a pod. Yeah. Two like, assholes in uh, a... Yeah, again, boner for him. Yep. And so we give her the new book and great. We can all go back to and now she's back. Taxes. She's Correct. like, yeah, I, now I'm, I'm going to take this guy down because I got my book. Now I'm going to devise the best strategy ever. So and she does. Now we're at level 30. We are. Thank goodness. We get word that Doz Mega is planning on an extended journey to the Far East. But Clea formulates a strategy to confront him first before he's gone for a long time. This is the last chance to get him before he's gone. So we go to Costa del Sol to put him into to put this plan into action. And we're given a long list of God, r- random tasks damn it. to do. It's so dumb. I mean, it. I mean, there is a somewhat decent payoff at the end of all of this, but ninety ninety percent of this fetch quest bullshit is completely unnecessary. I'm gonna summarize what happens, and then I want you to tell me what had to happen. What comes up here is an elaborate social Rube Goldberg, <laughs> except that. Clea has fucking talked to everyone in the sequence and told them what to do. I know. So it's supposed to be some demonstration of like how she can like, you know, plan Manipulate out this. Manipulate people or. Her whole deal is that she's supposed to be able to like see the Matrix and to <laughs> tell what's going to happen in the future because she's so smart and has her book. Right. However, every person we talk to here, she's already talked to and she's told them how to react to our action. Uh-huh. So. Everything here has already been, like, set up in advance. Right. So she hasn't done shit as far as planning. She's just, like, telling people to do shit. Yeah, everybody is aware of their part in this scheme. They're all they're all waiting for us to show up. Like I'm, And it's I'm, all irrelevant. So here we go. Here's the rundown, Jen. The only one who doesn't know is Gagarujo, I think. But. This whole thing takes place in Costa del Sol. This is a, like, a sunny Caribbean-style resort. Yeah. Raised wooden platforms that stretch out over the sea. Except this whole place is like owned by this one asshole Lala named um, Giger Ruju. Got your grass thatched huts and your canvas tents and all that stuff going on. Point being, Costa is fun. This is not fun. <laughs> so here's the sequence. We talk to the fisherman who gives us a herring, who we give to the chef, who is going to feed it to Master Giger Ruju. So she swaps us for an eel pie. We now give Giger Ruju a pie from his own chef. And he pays us a fat stack of gill from his own chef's pie for reasons fuck if I know. <laughs> anyway, we take the coin. We give it to a dancer. The dancer gives us a leather satchel and her skirt. We give the skirt to the warehouse master, who kind of pervy, but Foreman. whatever, mm-hmm. um, who gives us some wine. We take the wine down to these pirates who are partying at the cabana. And they're like, this wine's so great. Why don't you come and sell your wine? Because we're apparently our, our wine merchant now. To our pirate captain who we can trade it overseas for fat cash. Ta-da! And that's how we get on the Morning Star. So, Jen, <laughs> how much was necessary? 
Um, we had to give some wine to the pirate. Nailed it. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking Christ. But there's more because Clea is now all skimped up. In so her- she's infiltrated the pirate's little hangout here as a, as a dancer. And that's yes. actually that was actually a little surprising to see her because she's always so buttoned up and and um you know bookish looking and now she's like full on you know bikini dancing it it was you know and no glasses so that was it was fun to see her you know kind of living loose anyway and it she's turned like, Shh, don't say anything I'll talk to you when we're on the dance like <laughs> obviously Jesus Christ so we give her her satchel on the boat as this pirate's throwing us out and she puts her clothes on in view of the pirate. And she's like, oh, it's cold. And he's like, it'll be plenty warm where you're going. <laughs> Basically, yes. Where, you, where, where we're going, we don't need robes. Nice. <laughs> she could have been a wine merchant, too. This, There's no reason for this whole whatever. Anyway, it, it's done. Whatever, yeah. Let's also clarify. We could have sailed up to the ship, too, like we did the first time. Because our sneak attack is she, she kicks this guy literally in the butt and he falls over. <laughs> And she's like, surprise, it's me. Oh, shit. And this is what the whole fucking BS plan is amounted to, is kicking this guy in the butt. Sneak attack. And like, here's the big reveal. Sneak butt kick. Yeah. And I, I honestly think, okay, this this part of the plan, not great. Because now it's just the two of us. And when it was the four of us, we had a problem. However, she's got her confidence back. So now we're good to go. All right. And it's true. Her tome flies in the air and it creates like a shield on the ground that we can stand in for taking less damage. And we blast all these pirates. And out comes the, the Captain Dozmega. And we blast them too. And he makes for the railing trying to escape. He's like, ha ha ha, you think you can take me down, motherfuckers? And, and she's like, watch, she's going to go to the starboard rail. He runs to the starboard rail. Watch, she's going to jump over the side. He jumps over the side. Sploosh. Well, not sploosh. He lands on a yellow no, jacket. No, there's literally a sploosh. When he falls off, there's a splash of water that we can see above the side, which, which bothers me because he did not land on the water. Well, maybe they hauled him out. Also possible, yes. Anyway, the point being there are yellow jackets. There's like five or more yellow jacket boats. Yeah, a bunch of dudes. So that's, I guess, you know, that's a little satisfying. That's like the big twist. Oh, he fell right into our, you know. Right into our trap. He gets got. And the plan works. However, Clea acknowledges there was room for error. If we hadn't performed perfectly, the plan would not have worked. Debatable, but whatever. Her takeaway, though, is that she's going to go head off into the sunset to completely understand reality. So there's (laughs) no more room for error. Great. So this this quest turns the trope of like the the bookish control freak who's got to predict everything on its head. They, they don't learn that you got to let go sometimes and sometimes you can't control everything. No, the fact. So now what she's going to do is to learn about all the things she can't control so that she can control them. Twist. Oh, so she dives off the side of the boat and we're like, what? And now there's another boat. There's oh, same same <laughs> gag, different pilot. <laughs> dives off the side of the boat and there's the dancer woman from earlier, Yildgith. The one thing um, I say, I'll say, say is that the ending subverted my expectations because I expected her to. I didn't expect her to up. bail. I did not expect her to double down on her bullshit. Right. But she does, and that's the end. That's the quest. Yay! Welcome to being a summoner. <sighs> Both coming quests are much, much better. Well, I mean, I had fun. You know, I, I, I do love some Schadenfreude, and it was, it was fun to take something that was just so ridiculous and to tear it to shreds. 
you know, a little nice change of pace. Normally we have just glowing things to say about most of them. Some good things about this quest. It is about the Arcanist role in Limsa. Unlike Gladiator, we get to see the class, we get to get the vibe of it, and we get to also kind of be in the, the job of the Arcanist before we go become a summoner or whatever. So we're, we're doing the inspections, we're being like the battle tax master. Even if you don't like that, that theming of the guild gen, it still is what the guild's about. I think that the lens it is portrayed through is absolutely obnoxious, but you mm-hmm. do get a taste of actual guild life, which is definitely an upside, which some of the, the quests, most notoriously the gladiator, do not do. Uh, but uh, that is true. Yeah. It's also, it does tell you about what the Arcanist is envisioned to be. Obviously, in today's revision of the class, you do not do anything like how it's described. But the fiction, though, drives home why you're reading from books and why you got to have this tome and so on. So it, it does kind of tell you what your whole deal is, which is nice. Yeah. Honestly, though, like I, I don't want to belabor the point too much. I think that we already voiced our gripes and then some during the, the quest recap. Yep. I don't have much <laughs> else to say about it beyond what I've already said. Yep. Honestly, unlike, mm-hmm. for instance, Gladiator, which I think is a, a fun story, just not a good class quest. I think this thing here is pretty much irredeemable as it is. And it should be scrapped and remade. I don't know if they're going to do it because they're working on current content, obviously. There are some boring class quests out there, which is not great. Boring is different than what this was. Yes, this one provoked feelings of hostility from me. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll they'll reskin it in the future. If they don't, that's that's fine. It's very low in the totem pole of priorities, I would say. It is. It's unfortunate. People like poor Zoe, this is their first taste. Oh, she handled it like a champ, man. Maybe she's going to go and talk to the guildmaster, or she went and talked to the guildmaster after opening the box. And then she bailed. She's like, that's it. fuck this goddamn game. I don't want this job stone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She'll rise above it. I I have a feeling. Okay, good. Any closing thoughts on Arcanist, Jen? Tubergeim, never change. All right. She will keep on telling you to get some sleep. All right. Thanks, girl. Next time, we are going to be resuming our trip through Limsa. We are just about to leave Limsa Lamensa and enter La Nocia for the first time. That'll do it for this episode. What a ride. Um, if you would also like to rage, uh, rage out on Twitter or email, you can do so at, uh, at PodReturn on Twitter uh, or uh, PodReturnFFXIV at gmail.com. And uh, we will see y'all next time.